0: We're number 8! We're number 8! This week on the Knowing God Podcast.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Knowing God Podcast. I'm John. And I'm Caleb. And you're going to have to help me with your number eight.
0: Right. So you might not know this, but uh, if you were to take all of those who are unchurched in the United States, it would be the eighth largest country in the world. Okay. So... um, there is a massive missions field right in our backyard. So all across the United States, it's about 156 million people who are not connected to the life of any body of a church. And, um, that's one of the reasons why today we're talking about church planting, Yep, talking about church planting and just the need for that. Because again, um, we often think about the missions need overseas. Uh, and that is very true and we support that and we have uh, amazing relationship with a ton of missionaries, but we also need to focus on, um, what we can do here, you know, our domestic missions. And so much of that is wrapped up in church planting. Um, and so that's what we really want to look at, especially as the next generation coming up, you know, Gen Z has uh, a rate of atheism, those nuns that we yes. talked about a few weeks ago, that's twice as high as the generations before it. And so um, the younger generation really needs to have uh, a resurgence of the gospel here in the United States. And how are we going to see that happening? And I think one of the key components is church planting.
1: That's a great tee up for our conversation. I'm going to spend a little bit of time here at the front end to kind of just give some updates to the Knowing God podcast. Um, So this is the concluding episode of season one, the final episode, (laughs) the final episode. So uh, hopefully uh, this has been very, very helpful if you've been with us and watching this and engaging with our content. Uh, But we are going to kind of spend a few weeks, maybe retooling, kind of rethinking, maybe think about our background. Maybe we come up with some different colors for what season two is going to look like. So if you're anticipating, content to be delivered on the Knowing God podcast. Next week, we are going to take a little bit of time off. And uh, in that interim, we would love to have some feedback from you uh, if this has been helpful to you, how has it been helpful to you? Um, what are things that maybe we can do better as we learn this medium and this process? You know, we have learned, I've learned that podcasting is a lot more, uh, there's a lot more to it than just talking in a microphone. Yes. And sometimes the best things that we do are unscripted. Like I had no idea what we are number eight meant, <laughs> so, uh, <there> you go. <laughs> but uh, we don't script this. We just kind of roll with it, but there's a lot more to it. And so we're learning. And so we'd appreciate some feedback from you. And so Please provide that. Definitely, give us your feedback. Yeah,
0: and always subscribe, comment. Comment uh, that helps uh, a ton as well. Definitely. So today, as we kind of move into the conversation on church planting, if you didn't catch our last two episodes, we talked specifically about church revitalization, which is really just uh, the other side of the coin to church planting of how we reach our communities and our neighborhood with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so um, as we talk about this, so the first thing is church planting. Um, If you don't know what that is, basically, it's starting new churches starting new churches, uh, so a church that didn't exist before, and now it's going to be a new entity um, in a community, uh, in a location that is going to hopefully reach new people. And so as we talk about this, um, there might be people instantly who kind of throw up a wall and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why do we need more churches? Right. Let's just revitalize the old ones. Exactly. Like, why Mm -hmm. do we need more churches? There's a church on every corner of the town that I live in, you know, every denomination under the sun. So why do we need new churches? So we understand that that's an objection. And we might say, hey, you know, just revitalize the ones that we've got, you know, once those, or maybe you say, hey, maybe once all the churches that we have are healthy, then we can really look at planting new ones. And maybe the, the third one that you could say is that there's some people who just say, listen, like church attendance across the nation is declining. Mm. So the uh, group of people that we really have to pull from for churches is getting smaller and smaller. You know, the piece of the pie is just continually shrinking and if we plant new churches they're just going to be stealing from the pot and every church is going to suffer because of it. Um, but we know just in general that those are not uh, that's not the case. So if one of those is your objection if you're wondering why do we plant churches? Hopefully today we can give you a little bit of an insight into that, uh, the reasons why. Why we plant churches, why it's such an effective tool and why you might be hearing so much about it in our uh, world today right yeah
1: yeah those are those are all objections that i've certainly heard and objections that even i felt Mm -hmm. you know uh, before i've kind of gotten into this subject of church planting and you know kind of thinking like well let's just let's just kind of revitalize. We have all these churches already. So
0: so what are some answers to these objections? Definitely. So uh, I think the first thing that we have to say is that it's not an either or, it's a both and. Correct. You know, so that's the first thing that we have to say. It's like, we're not saying plant churches and don't revitalize. And, you know, you shouldn't say don't revitalize or, you know, revitalize and don't plant churches, but it has to be a both and. And so as we start to look at it, one of the, the reasons that we can look at is the Great Commission. Right, you know, I mean, just going back to Scripture, obviously the Great Commission, and I think it's really interesting that whenever we look at the Great Commission, what we see is not only that Jesus calls us to go, and he not only calls us to make disciples, but he calls us to baptize. Mm. And whenever he's talking about baptism, as we've talked about in an earlier episode here on season one, you can go back to that and look that up. But baptism is a function of the church, right? It's mm. a function of the local body. We're not just baptizing a bunch of people in backyard pools and sending them out as lone rangers into the world, but baptism is something that the church does. It's a function of the church and so if Christ is calling us to go and to baptize and to do these things then inevitably we're going to need more churches to reach more people that's just the way it works one of the one of the I think the key
1: statements here when it comes to church planting is we are actually operating and I'm sure post-covid this has been accelerated Mm -hmm. but we are at a um at a loss of churches, you know, a net loss, a net loss of churches that, you know, we have more churches that close their doors every year than churches that open their doors as new church plants. So as, as a country in Mm -hmm. desperate need of Bible based, you know, true Christian, healthy
0: churches, Mm -hmm. we've got to start new ones. Absolutely. And um, some people don't like the statement, but it is true. And I fully believe it, that every community needs more Gospel-centered churches. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll say that unequivocally. I don't care what ta- I don't care if there's a hundred churches in your little small town, like if not everybody's in church, a fully regenerate believer, then every community, every uh, city needs more gospel-centered churches. And uh, for several reasons. So as we look at uh, where church plants really excel, um, we see that one of the ways that church plants is, excel is that they reach young adults. They reach young adults far and above and beyond uh, what most normal um, established churches reach. Uh, If we look at just in general, um, the kind of metrics are that about 60 to 80 percent of membership of a church plant will come from people who don't go to church, Mm -hmm. who are not connected to any body of believers. And so you're talking about well over half. I mean, you're talking about sometimes 80% of the congregation being made up of people who weren't at church anywhere, whereas established churches just across the board, uh, they'll attract about 90% of their attendance from transfer growth from people coming from other churches. And that's not a a slam on established churches. That's not, you know, hey, we don't need established churches. We only need church plants. But that's just a recognition that um, new things tend to reach new people. Yeah. Uh, Do you know, I mean, you have any thoughts on why that is? Uh, I think it's a lot of reasons. So, um, I mean, just from metrics you can look at, uh, most people would say that their aspirational view of what a church is, is not what a normal sanctuary is. Okay. So, like walking into a normal sanctuary, a lot of people don't feel comfortable. They don't feel at home. It's like, oh, uh, you know, we had talked a couple of weeks ago about people being hurt by yeah. local churches, and that's one of the reasons why about four out of ten people say that they've withdrawn from church. They no longer go to church is because they were hurt by a local congregation. And so sometimes meeting in a uh, common space like a school auditorium mm. or a theater, or you know, we have I have a friend who planted a church in the outdoor section of a brewery. You mm-hmm. know. I'm I mean, so sorry, Baptists, but uh, anyway, all of that, <laughs> all of those things, whenever you have all of these different places, sometimes people just feel a little bit more at ease, whereas they might have their guard up walking through the sanctuary doors of an established church with a steeple and the stained glass whenever they walk into um, a school auditorium where they take their kids for school or whether they walk into, you know, uh, the the back room of some office complex Uh they're at ease mm-hmm. because it feels like a pretty common, pretty neutral territory. And sometimes it takes down their guard to actually be able to hear the gospel. Those
1: of us that have been in church for a long time, you know, so we forget sometimes just how intimidating church can be especially Mm -hmm. when you go to a new one correct where everybody seems to know everybody and there's all these different organizations and ministries going Mm -hmm. on and it can be overwhelming and so you can feel like an outsider and i could totally see what you're saying how maybe the environment of a new church can Mm -hmm. lend itself more to new people coming in that don't have a little a real history with church or or maybe are uncomfortable with traditional church they they have a, a little bit more familiarity and
0: Maybe it's just a little bit easier for them to get involved. Exactly. It kind of lowers that threshold to be able to come into the church. And I think we can also say that, I mean, one of the reasons that uh, new churches are better at reaching new people is because, I mean, like, as we get ready to start our church, so much of it's going to happen out of our living room. Mm. And and we just know that, that, you know, it's going to be around meals and having coffee with individuals and going over to people's houses. And it builds this community in ways, I think, that people really have a felt need. You know, that sometimes, like you said, it's hard to break into um, different groups in the church sometimes. You know, you come in, you're like, I don't know anybody. I I don't know where to fit in. And a lot of times in a church plant, you... Go into somebody's living room before you ever go into the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. You have a meal with them around their dinner table before you ever go into the actual place where the worship, uh, you know, service takes place. So I think that that's one of the reasons why church plants uh, find a lot of success there. So uh, reaching young adults, um, reaching new residents, and reaching new people groups as well. Yeah. And uh, and part of that too, I think, is that um, there's a lot of open space for leadership within a church plant. And I think within whenever you plant churches as well, if you wanna talk about that a little bit, right?
1: Yeah, I I think uh, planting churches actually lends itself really well to revitalization. And that's Mm -hmm. been one of our strategies here as we've talked about this, bringing you on in this pastoral residency, Caleb is as people will naturally, you know, we've kind of given you carte blanche fishing license. Right. You know, and, and uh, except for a few people, we don't right. want you to take a few people. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you those are. Yes. We don't want those. Again. No fly zone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there are people though, that will naturally gravitate towards a new church mm-hmm. and they will be perhaps established leaders in the established mother church, and they'll go and they'll help start this new church. Maybe it's for a year. Maybe it's this is their church, and they're gonna they're gonna join. Um, what that will naturally do is is leave this opening, and so it forces the mother church to kind of think of okay, what are ways for us to uh, kind of raise up these new leaders and get them into these established positions of leadership that all of a sudden were opened by this new church being. Being planted over here,
0: correct. And I mean, within the church plant, the the great thing is that you have young leaders now who can actually find a place. Because sometimes, again, you might be a twenty-four year old and you've gone to church your whole life, or not. Yeah. Maybe you're just saved and you're really on fire and you're looking for a way to get plugged in, mm-hmm. and you're looking for a position where you can lead others to Christ, where you can be in a position of leadership. And sometimes in an established church, that's hard to break into, right? It is. I mean, if you talk about somebody with you know a, a deacons board, or even the potential to be an elder. I mean, you know, if you have a, a group of people and the average age is, you know, 75, then it's like, well, you know, you're way down the list on elder boy. I mean, cause you're, you're 24. So, you know, maybe in 80 years you can, you know, come and be an elder. Whereas, um, you know, in a church plant, sometimes it's like we, you recognize, you see those gifts, you can train them up. And, um, in a shorter period of time, they can be in leadership positions and they can really find places and ways to have a meaningful voice in the church, which is what a lot of this next generation is looking for. They want to have a meaningful voice. They want to have an impact and, uh, church plants kind of um, make themselves very open to those types of transitions.
1: Yeah, that's really good. And, and you and I both know as pastors thinking about our own personal history, the times that we've grown the most mm-hmm. was when we've been stretched in positions of leadership. Yes. And y- you naturally have to depend upon the Holy Spirit to lead you to equip you. You know, the old adage is God of course doesn't call the equipped, he equips he the called. The right. and, and so that's certainly true in a church plant, that's yes. certainly true in a mother church. And so we want people to be in positions of leadership, appropriately so, to their gift set and their maturity level. We want them to kind of always be on that edge, so Mm -hmm. to speak, and and a church plan, I think, provides that in a really remarkable way. Definitely,
0: definitely. And I think the the third group that church plants reach, I mean, just statistically so well, is new people groups. Yeah. Um, As you see, uh, established churches that may have been in a community for 50 years, there's so many amazing things about those churches. The hard thing is that the community changes around you. Right, and so as the community changes around you you might now have people who used to live in that community you know it may have at one point been a very homogenous community and so uh, people have moved to different places but they still commute back to the church and so now the church is very homogenous which reflects a 50 year ago you know kind of picture of the community but now your community is extremely diverse Mm -hmm. and so how do you break into diversity that's extremely hard whenever you have a homogenous congregation to say well now we're going to become diverse like all of a sudden that's not something that just happens overnight right that's a very long, slow process. Whereas church plants moving into a community naturally attract people from that community, uh, mm-hmm. people who are neighbors, people who live next door, people who uh, go to school, you know, with your children. So all of these things are um, naturally built in to plant a church that looks like the community that you're planting in the middle of. It's wonderful. And uh, that naturally attracts those people groups who might say, you know, walk into a church that's very homogenous, just like, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm about the most white bread person you're ever going to see, right? I mean, I'm like from Norway, looks like. So, I mean, if everybody in the church is like as Scandinavian as me, it's not going to be a very, you know, comfortable place for a very diverse community to come and find a home yep. in. But whenever there's a wide range of diverse people who come together to plant a church, it becomes a house for those who have before not found a home.
1: That's good. Yeah, and we talk about, too, like Gen Z being the Mm -hmm. most racially diverse generation generation Mm -hmm. ever, you know, in our country. And so they're used to this, you know, and so it might just make it a little bit easier for them to engage in church.
0: Exactly. So uh, all of those. And then uh, the last thing that I would say is that uh, church plants, one of the reasons we need to plant churches is because um, church planters will figure stuff out. Yeah. And they will innovate, and they will have creativity, and they will learn things that will benefit not only their church plant, but that will benefit the whole body. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so many of the resources and the tools that are out there in general uh, today— have come from church plants. I mean, I think a great example of this that you could point to is um, the Village Church, you know, with, okay. with Matt Chandler, you know, and, yeah. and it was really with their church planting efforts that they developed so many of their resources that they now have that they give away for free to pastors all over the world. I mean, everything from, you know, the the Institute and all these different things that they have that are really beneficial for churches all over the place would not have happened if they had not taken an active role in church planting and in innovating and in figuring out how to do some of these things really well mm-hmm. and then being able to share them and church plants do that well because we have to figure out things we don't have you know established budgets and resources we have to fundraise we have to you know kind of pull in from anything and beg and borrow and maybe steal you might be missing some things <laughs> whenever we leave but it's not us I promise probably but anyway it's like that we have to kind of use everything at our disposal to be able to figure things out and that naturally leads to innovation Does and it. innovation and um, these new things that we learn aren't just going to stay there at the church. They're going to spread into the greater body, and I think really make it uh, better for everybody involved.
1: I kind of think of it as parents, right. you know, like when when you may you may always be looking for that proverbial perfect day if you're a young couple to have kids, right? And anybody that's had kids knows that you probably weren't really ready. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, that's when that's when it was. Right. And you're never really really ready. You know, right. there's no number in the bank account that you have that okay, now we're comfortable to have kids, right? right. It just happens and so I think as parents, parents grow as parents mm-hmm. as their children develop and mature. Correct. And I hope that my children would say that we're growing as parents. I hope. Uh, There's one of them on the camera switcher right now. That's right. We'll ask her afterwards. Um, but I, I think that's one of the beautiful things about church planting as, as the mother church is sending out churches, mm-hmm. there is going to be a growth in the mother church as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe just a better awareness of the Great Commission and how that's to be fulfilled. Correct. And uh, so all of these things, I think we just see that, um, And I mean, I could talk about church planting for a long time, so I'm yeah. trying to keep it to just the highlights here as we talk about it. But uh, the amazing thing I think about church planting is just that it allows new people to experience the same traditional, I mean, historic gospel of Jesus Christ in new and fresh ways, which brings new people into the kingdom of God. And that's what it's all about, right? We're, we're about making disciples, and we're about bringing people who are far from Christ close to him and sending them out to do the same thing. And, and if we're going to do that well, we have to have church plants. I, I really believe we have to have church plants. And I think that, um, you know, to your point, as you've made, uh, I think part of revitalizing can also be planting churches, yeah. and those things can work hand in hand together. And we're we're not operating in this scarcity mindset of there's only so many people, and you know if we don't get X amount of people and X mm-hmm. amount of people, then we're not gonna we're not gonna make it. It's uh, you know the the proverb where it says that there's one who holds back and yet suffers loss, and there's one who gives and yet has all the more. And I think that's really that's good. the kind of people that we want to be. We want to be generous people who give. And uh, as a church plant, we're going to be. Church plant that plants churches, you know, does does the same thing, and uh, it's multiplication. I think one of the things that's just so uh, appealing to me as a Mm -hmm. pastor
1: of an established church, getting ready to see you guys launch out with Gather Community in the next phase, you know, the next year or so, Mm -hmm. um, I think about all the fruit that's kind of in some ways indirectly tied to this ministry of this church. Mm -hmm. As you know, you go out from us, we can celebrate what you're doing, and in many ways, it it is. Not attributed to the sense of what we did but but, it's connected but it's connected and the same can be said of metropolitan there was a group of people at some point that started this church Mm -hmm. way back in the 1930s you know 1940s and the fruit of their ministry and the fruit of their perspective i mean Mm -hmm. there's still fruit on the vine right and that's a beautiful thing and they came from established churches as well they came from people that had discipled them and invested into them and so Every church has a beginning. Mm-hmm. Every church, I don't care how old it is, is every a church ch- plant. Is a church plant yep. on some level, was a church plant on some level. Correct. And that's a beautiful thing to think about. Just the tapestry that God kind of weaves all of this together Mm -hmm. to be the bride of Christ that He wants it to be.
0: I agree. I agree. So, as if you're out there and you have more questions about church planting or church revitalization, we'd love to talk to you. This is the last episode in the season one of the Knowing God podcast. We've really enjoyed all of uh, the conversations that we've had. We hope that it has been a blessing to you. We hope that it is a resource to you moving forward. So, again, uh, you can drop us a line. You can drop us a comment. can send us an email uh, and we'd love to uh, hear from you all. And we are excited to see you in season two of the Knowing God podcast.